0: 2 Chronicles 7 and verse number 14. And uh, this week, as I was praying, several different messages uh, uh, worked on thoughts and things, but God just kept bringing me back to this one verse, a familiar verse, but I think it is the needed verse for this morning. Verse number 14. The Bible says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Father, I pray this morning that you would bless the reading of thy word, speak to us and speak through us these next few moments. And May you receive maximum glory for all that will be said and done and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Amen, you can be seated this morning. I wanna preach from this verse for a few moments this morning for two reasons. Because of the way that the verse begins and then the way the verse ends. Notice what the Bible said. It's a familiar verse that you've heard preached on many, many times. The Bible says, if my people, and then the Bible ends, in, or the verse ends in verse number 14, we'll heal their land. God speaks about a people and he speaks about a land. And I got to thinking about <clears throat> our president. I got to thinking about the uh, phrase that he ran Uh, as was his phrase that he ran for as he was a candidate and then his phrase that he is running for again a second term uh, the phrase make America great again and that's what I want to preach on this morning on how to make America great again I would say this morning that he has done uh, a lot of what he has said that he would do and certainly uh, we could probably say this morning that uh, our president has made some uh, areas of America great again. I think economically we could say that America is better and greater now especially what it was the last eight years and in all the history of America economically he has made America great again. On security, we are better off today than we were under the years of Obama and far better than what we would be if we would have been under under Hillary Clinton, isn't that right? Somebody say amen right there. I was preaching up north and said something about a Democrat and found out real quick that most of them were Democrats, but I said it anyway, amen, because it needed to be said, not that I was trying to be abrasive or anything like that, but he has kept his promise in security, and I would say thank God for the walls. Somebody say amen. You read the book of Psalms, David said build the walls of Jerusalem, and walls keep things out, they keep people out, and they keep walls what's valuable, what needs to be secured, I'd say build the wall, amen? Amen. Uh, But he has kept his promise on national security uh, to some level, and then uh, he has done a lot to protect the rights of citizens and the rights of even religious freedom, things that have been signed into legislation and things that uh, through executive orders that we know could be overturned uh, by another president, but what I'm reminded of by all of these things is that it's nothing more than God giving his people a space of grace. Amen? And certainly I thank God for our president. I thank God that, uh, that we did not get her as a president and I thank God that he spared our nation once again. If you go back and study numbers in the Bible, you'll study uh, numbers and presidents. Every number of every president represents a number that is found in the word of God. Uh, 45 means preservation and that's really where we're at today. 46 means legacy. Uh, 47 means disappointment. 50 50 means jubilee, amen? I hope I'm not a date setter by no means, but wouldn't it be wonderful if we got out of here, amen? But we may get out of here before number 50 ever even shows up, amen? Uh, listen, uh, 44 means judgment. Uh, listen, you go back and look at it. Uh, listen, 42 means corruption, amen? And we all remember the Clinton era and Clinton days. And uh, listen, uh, if you go back to, uh, listen, if you go back to Jimmy Carter, you know what it means? It means, uh, it means uh, punishment, amen? And certainly, uh, uh, they were some punishment. Uh, I mean, every number in some way reflects uh, of the number of the president that we have or that we have had. And so there's a lot of, of things that, uh, that, that uh, coincide. What does that mean? It means that God is sovereign and that God providentially works in the affairs of men and the affairs of our nation. I mean, we would be absolutely spiritually ignorant this morning uh, to believe that God does not and has not had a hand in this great country. Amen? He is working behind the scenes and and he is working uh, uh, with his people. And I want to say this morning uh, that if you want to know how uh, to make America great again, I want to tell you, it's not going to start with sinners. It's going to start with saints, amen. It's not going to start at the White House. It's going to start at the church house, amen. If you want to know how to make America great this morning, the answer is with the people of God, amen. If America is ever going to be what she uh, is supposed to be, it'll not be through a better economical system. It'll not be through national security. We can thank God for those things this morning, and we should. But my friend, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual to the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, What that means is is that there is the God of this world that is working behind the scenes, uh, and the only hope for America is the light of the world, the salt of the the earth, and that's the people of God. Amen. Now, I want to say, I thank God this morning for our founders, don't you? That was a week, amen. Don't you thank God for your founders this morning? I thank God for those men that signed the Declaration of Independence that put their lives on the line and died because of a declaration that uh, many of them died because of a declaration that they believed in. We have seen that declaration of independence uh, and Liberty Bell and, uh, listen, Independence Hall, uh, uh, where they first signed that declaration and where it was made. And what a great day that was in our nation's history. I thank God for the founding of America, amen? I thank God for our flag, don't you? Uh, The red, white, and blue, when you look at that flag, and you see those 50 stars representing uh, those 50 states, and, and then you see those 13 stripes of red and white representing those 13 colonies, and, and you think about the colors and, and what those colors represent, and how that the red represents hardness and it represents valor. And then the white represents purity and it represents righteousness. Amen. And that blue represents justice. Uh, all of those colors uh, and it re- represents preservation. Uh, those are colors that ought to mean something to every one of us. That flag means something this morning because men gave their life. They died under that flag. They fought wars under that flag so that we could have liberty and we could have freedom this morning. I wouldn't give you a plug nickel as I've said many times for anybody that would burn a flag. Somebody say hey, "Man, If you don't like America, you ought to get out, amen. Go somewhere else, live under communist rule, live in a social government for about two or three years and you'll come back and kiss the ground we're walking on and thank God that we are a country that is for the people and that is by the people Amen. I'm telling you this morning, I thank God, amen, for our flag and I, I thank God for our freedom, amen. Thank God for this nation. Brother, I want to tell you in the you can go down through the, the past several decades, the last fifty years. And through these, the past decades, how that America has sold out her liber- or her, her morality and her decency and uh, her security. And if we're not careful, we're gonna lose our liberty, amen. But everything this morning goes back to this verse. If my people heal their land. America needs a healing this morning. The problem with America is not the sodomites. Somebody say amen. It's not the transgender, Amen. I'm telling you, listen, you guys, I mean, we're living in a warped society, aren't we? I realized something just the other day that we have to preach against the sin of sodomy probably more now and I'm just going to tell you there's a, a sermon coming to a pulpit near you very soon uh, on the sin of sodomy and the reason for that is because there's a generation of young people growing up that we grew up in a society where it was shameful where it was secretive and where uh, it was gross uh, and nobody wanted anything to do with it but now there's a generation growing up they have been taught that's a way of life and and the only way they will never they will learn to never accept that lifestyle is for somebody to preach against it and tell uh, listen cry loud they have to know it it's see it's not an alternate lifestyle it's not an accepted lifestyle I don't believe in transgender no more than I believe in slender. amen isn't that right I mean you say I'm half fat half skinny you can't be both somebody say it man You're not a a skinny person trapped in a fat person's body. Somebody say amen right there. Isn't that how warped this society is? But the problem is not the sodomites. The problem is not the pornographic crowd. Boy, I mean, listen, we could go on a tangent. We ought to preach against that, but I'm not preaching against that this morning. We could go, we could talk about all that and we could harp about it, and I know all that is sin, but that is not the problem this morning. God's problem this morning is not with sinners. God's problem's with saints. If when judgment and it's begin, it's beginning to the house of God, I think the judgment of God is on this nation. I'll tell you it's not the sodomites marching in the streets. It's the sleepiness of the church this morning. Now, you you don't have to agree with that today. I'm just telling you, it is the sleepiness of the church. God is way more upset with the sinfulness of saints than he is the sinfulness of sinners. You say, oh, the preacher of God is angry with the wicked every day, and certainly that is true, but his judgment begins here first, and I think that we're seeing the judgment of God in our churches today with all the compromise and with all the the deadness and all those things that are taking place. Uh, And by the way, all those things lead to persecution. uh, my friend, eventually and ultimately in the end. uh, And we're in a society where the Muslims are taking over, but the problem's not the Muslims. The problem, my friend, is that Christians are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, Listen, most Christians today are not living holy lives. Uh, uh, Listen, the salt has lost its savor in this country, in this land. And if we really want to make America great again, then the answer's not a better president, it's not a better Congress. Uh, The answer this morning is within the church. when the church has revival, then we'll see the results of that across this land. Amen. God is speaking to his people. I want you to notice this morning the people here. I want you to notice the condition. He said, if my people, God puts the condition on us this morning. Now I wouldn't listen to some old backslid. Saint this morning, or that's trying to say, well, you know, it's the it's the problems of America. The problems, uh, the problem is is all the sin in America. And I would agree with that statement, but I'm going to tell you, the sin that's really, uh, listen, really putting that's crippling America the most this morning is the apathy and the complacency in the church. Right. And I'll prove that by this. God said, if my people. Not if the world, not if not if the lost will be saved, not if sinners will get right, not if the sodomites will change their way, not if people will stop gambling and drinking and doping and smoking. No, God said if my people, if the condition is on us this morning, do you realize as wicked as America is this morning, if across this land if people would lock arms together one more time and fall back on their face and get on their knees and sell out and live holy and live clean and live for God, do you know it doesn't Matter how wicked this nation is, God could turn her back once again. She could repent, but repentance doesn't start. Repentance doesn't start in the streets with the lost. It starts on the altar with the saved. This morning, if my people Sodom was a wicked city, but if God could have only found ten righteous people, the nation could have been spared. You know, Lot had 10 in his family. If one man would have lived God, you saw that's not possible to, to live in Sodom. And I know that he should have never been there. He should have never lifted up his eyes. But nevertheless, you say, it's not possible for a man to live righteous amongst that wicked city. Noah did it when the whole world had turned against God. Just one family could have made the difference of the outcome. I want to say this morning, the condition is not on the world. It's not on the government. It's on the church this morning. If we could get saints more committed, if we could get saints more consecrated, if we could get saints to live more clean, if my people, that's the condition this morning. You say, well, I can't change the church and I can't change that church down the road or the community. No, but you could be a light. You could live cleaner. You can live more committed. You can live more consecrated. Couldn't you pull up closer and be a better Christian today and tomorrow than what you have been. If you've been slack and been lazy and been slothful, then now's the time. This is the Sunday. Get on the altar. Get right with God. Say, Lord, I'm tired of just haphazardly serving you. I'm tired, dear God, of just being apathetic and lazy in my Christian life. Be more committed to God than you are anything else. And my friends, sell out and give God the rest of your life. You ought to not be satisfied at just being saved. But this morning, you've been called on and I've been called on to be the light of this world, amen, talking about the condition, the claim, if my people, God said it's my people. God said the answer to a land being healed is my people. Oh, if God's people this morning would get serious about service, if God's people would start praying once again, if God's people would start saying amen in church once again. You know, I figured this thing out why churches are getting so quiet. It's because people are not living holy enough. Is that right? We're constantly begging for amens and someone to just kindly back up what's being said. Used to man, you could turn loose and preach John 3, 16 and people shout the house down, throw their hand up and say amen. You know why? Because they came to church ready. Amen. They didn't come to church with everything and everybody on their mind. They came to church to go to church. They didn't come to church to get out. They came to church to get in and they were walking with God, living a clean life, living a holy life. And when the man of God mounted that pulpit, he didn't have to pull a rabbit out of the hat every Sunday. He could take a simple verse of scripture, a simple passage on the cross, uh, and he could point people to Jesus Christ, uh, and them saints that were living right and living holy, they'd get under the the word of God and get behind the man of God, and they didn't have to be begged to say amen. They'd come to church ready, friend, uh, ready to worship because that's what they did every day of their life, amen. I wanna die that way, don't you? Man, I'm telling you, I may not be able to do nothing about everybody else, uh, but I'll tell you, I want to go to church and get in. i still like to go to church and say amen. i still like to go to church and raise my hand. I was in a church the other day. I'm telling you, if we'd had a body, we'd had a great funeral. It was so dead and so dry. I mean, listen, people wouldn't even look at each other. I thought to myself, uh, they got to singing Brother Danny one of them old songs. uh, I couldn't help it. I got to crying uh, and God got to bless it. Uh, Some of that crowd was looking at me me uh, like I was crazy, but it didn't matter. Amen. I mean, I thought to myself, I don't care. I, I don't know these people and they don't know me. And if they don't ever invite me back, I'll just have a good time with me and the Lord. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, church used to be alive everywhere you went. If my people the claim the call, which are called by my name do you realize this morning God's put a calling on your life I'm not talking about necessarily the call to preach and we know there's no such thing as a call to teach or a call to sing those are gifts to the church but I'm talking about this morning we have been called upon as God's people to be the light of this world friends. we ought to be giving the gospel everywhere we go we ought to be telling people about Jesus it ought to be automatic it ought, giving to missions and sending out missionaries is what every church ought to do and thank God that this church does that and we support several mission projects and give uh, listen uh, liberally to, to missions around the world and I thank God for that but all of my mission giving does not relieve me of the responsibility preaching the gospel and being a preacher does not relieve me of the responsibility of giving out a track and telling someone about Jesus and, and being a witness to somebody along the way I'm talking about We've been called. We've been called to witness in this world. We've been called to walk right. I want to say this morning, as Christians, if we listen, if we want people to fear God, we ought to fear God ourselves. Amen. You know why there's a generation that doesn't fear God? Because there is a church generation coming up that has allowed everything and anything to come in the doors. Brother, you go to the average church nowadays, you don't know if you're a church or a honky tonk. Amen. You know, if you're at church or, or if, you know, you look at the way I, I saw a man the other day and, uh, and, and we, uh, uh, something had taken place and so, uh, so I saw this gentleman and as he was standing there, uh, he noticed that, that I had a suit on and he said, are you going to church? And I thought, maybe it's a chance to witness to this guy. I said, yes sir. I said, I'm going to church. It was Sunday. And uh, I was fixing to hand him a track and he said, well, I go to church. He had a tank top on and and shorts and flip flops oh you ain't going to church today but to my surprise he was he said I'm going to church he said I'm a youth pastor now listen some of y'all looking pale on me it's, I got good news for you it's going to get worse before I get to the end Amen. But I'm telling you listen I'm too far down the road to start worrying about what people thinks about that I'm not being a smart aleck, but I'm telling you, it burdens my heart when I see young people, these young people banging their heads in church and, and sitting under a fog machine and doing a praise team. Hey, listen, I don't blame them, amen? I blame the youth pastors and I blame the preachers that, listen, was more interested in a paycheck and a crowd and they dropped their convictions and their standards just to get a crowd in and they deceived a generation and they look at us like we are from Mars, amen? And I still believe in conviction. I still believe in, and I believe there's going to be a day when they're gonna wake up and get tired of playing church and they're gonna look around for something that's real and when they look around, don't you wanna still be standing where you once stood when you first started standing? I wanna still be where God put me. I'm talking about being faithful. I'm talking about being committed. Amen. I think a preacher ought to wear a tie when he gets in a pulpit. Amen. You say, preacher, have you ever preached without a tie at one time? I was preaching under a Tabernacle and I mean it was a hundred and something degrees, yeah. and I'm sitting there and I mean I'm sitting there and I'm sweating like everything. I thought, man, I'm to take his tie. I thought, well, I better not take it off. So I got up preaching and I got to preaching, and I kept it on. And I'll tell you, you know, you probably need to take your tie off when when people start fading out of your view. Amen. <laughs> I got so hot and I'm telling you, people started fading. I said, I think I'll take my tie off right now. I'm talking about what would you think this morning if I come in here with a a polo on and 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 listen, some uh, Bermuda shorts or I don't know if they still make Bermuda shorts. Amen, that was before my time. Whatever you want to call them or however you want to look at. If I come in here in an old T-shirt this morning, uh, listen, that's fine for a lost person to come in here like that. We don't care how they come. They just need the gospel. We just want them to get them to Jesus. Amen. I'm talking about your pastor ought to look like a preacher. Amen. And your Sunday school teachers ought to look like a Sunday school teacher and choir members ought to look like a choir member. And ch- I used to be against rogues, Brother Lanny, but after going to several churches now, I'm telling you, listen, we're not getting them here because we're gonna keep it right, but I've been to enough churches, if they'd get rogues, it'd be a whole lot better off, amen? I'm talking about free and not rampant even in the house of God today. That's why we're in trouble, friend. There ought to be some holiness, decency. I'm talking about morality. We want this generation to fear God. We ought to fear God ourselves. Eh? amen man. It's a sacred place, isn't it? You don't come here like you go to a ball game. Amen. Here with a, you don't walk in here with a Pepsi Cola and a, and, a, and, a, and a box of popcorn. Amen. Amen. Amen come in here and, and just casually come in and sit down. This is the house of God. Amen. I'm telling you we ought to wear our best when we go to the house of God. We ought to look our best when we go to the house of God. Uh, we ought to reverence the house of God when we come to church Now, I don't mow my yard in a suit and tie. I wouldn't be against anybody that does. Uh, I'm just not going to do that. Amen. Uh, but I'm telling you, Fred, when I go to church, I want to look like a Christian. Amen. I want to carry my, my, my Bible with me. Amen. I'm not just going to walk in with this. Somebody said amen. I'm telling you when I go to my car on Sunday morning uh, and when I walk to the car and neighbors see I'm not doing it uh, for a show uh, but if there's some lost neighbor sitting on the front porch, uh, I don't want to go walking to my car like this right here. Uh, That doesn't mean anything to them uh, when you go walking like this. Uh, I'll tell you what, if a lost man sitting on the front porch uh, and you come out of your house uh, and they see you walking like this right here, they automatically know where you're going and what you're doing, amen. I going to Tell you, Fred, I think we ought to stick with this Bible. Amen? Amen. I'm not against using technology, but I'm just saying, Fred, we are the salt of the earth. Yes. Brother great why are you preaching things? Because we're living in a day when Christians are doing everything they can to blend in and fit in. We're not supposed to, Brother, we're supposed to stand out, we're supposed to be different. Some having compassion making a difference, but you can never make a difference if you're not different. Isn't that right? Now, I don't want to get on a bandwagon of getting weird like some people do. I'm not going to try to be controversial. I don't think that does anything for the cause of Christ. But I think this morning that we ought to just live holy. We can't live perfect, but we can live holy. We ought to live blameless. That means live our life above reproach. I'm talking about this morning, the people then the pattern. Look what he said here. He said, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and then turn from their wicked ways. Those are, that's the recipe for revival. That's the pattern this morning. Humility is submission. Prayer, supplication, seeking his face, and then separation, turning from our wicked ways. Oh, I want to say this morning, I've never in all my years seen more pride in church than I have in this day and hour. Brother, it's in our pulpits. It's in our pews. You remember where you were when God found you? I got saved. I think about where God brought me from. I'll tell you something, it's a privilege. If He didn't want me to do nothing but go sit in that far back corner this morning, to sit here and hold a Bible in my hand, Jesus in my heart. And know that I'm saved, saved, saved. I'm telling you, we're living in a prideful generation for you. When I got saved, I was scared of the preacher. Amen? I don't want nobody to be afraid of me. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I was scared of the preacher. He is God's man. Brother, I'm telling you, I wouldn't talk about the preacher. If he preacher come up and told me, do something, I just wouldn't did it. I was afraid of him. He said, why? Because he was God's man. I thought, man, if I make him mad, I might make God mad. The Bible said they spake against God and they spake against Moses. Amen. Amen. That's what the book says. And I'm telling you, friend. Listen, uh, I remember that. I I remember uh, testimonies of people that that died early because they rose up against the man of God, rose up against the church. But uh, people don't know anything about that hardly anymore. And when you preach it, they think that you're on some uh, a dictator kick uh, because uh, they've been taught to fear no man. I want to tell you something. Y'all you to fear God. Y'all to fear God's man. Y'all to fear God's church. Uh, I'm telling you, friend. We as men of God, we have to be men of God. I don't want nobody to uh, to fear me in that sense. Uh, but they ought to be a reverential fear about the things of God you know even as a preacher I fear God's men yeah. I was sitting in a sitting in a restaurant one day and two preachers was talking about another preacher and I'm telling you I was sitting there and the Holy ghost said don't you open your mouth if I tell him would you say one word about that preacher Amen. in my heart I said yes sir you know why because i I don't know why God told me I mean I know God knew never for running down a preacher but for whatever reason the Holy Ghost said don't you open your mouth about him and I'm going to tell you there was something come across my heart But the lady I was afraid if I just said one thing in agreement with what they were saying God might do something to me I still believe that I'm talking about humility I'm talking about putting your brother before yourself I'm talking about realizing that this ain't about me it's not about you humble I wonder this morning If God spoke to your heart, and I don't want you to come to the altar just to be coming, and if you don't come, I'm not going to judge you this morning for not coming to the altar. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but I wonder this morning. I wonder this morning if the Holy Ghost spoke to your heart about a matter, would you come to the altar? You know, it doesn't matter if I see you come or don't see you come or if somebody else, what matters is humility. I told my wife this the other day, we was talking and I said to my wife, I said, you know, I said, does it ever bother you when you put your hand out and somebody walks by? You ever done that? Put your hand out, shake somebody's hand, and then walk right by you? Yes, oh yeah. yes, sir. Or say hello to somebody, and all of a sudden it's like they got, de- you know, they got deaf. Uh, yes, they didn't hear you, yes. and you know, good and well, they did. Sure. I told my wife, I said, you know, I've been tempted at times like that to just say, ah, you know, phooey. You don't mean you don't shake my hand. I'll never shake your hand again. Now come on, don't die on me. I know y'all way better Christians than I am. I didn't say I did it. I just said I felt like it. I mean, put your hand out and they just walk right by. Then I just want to slap them in the back of the head. I know you saw that. Or you say hello and they're like, "Mm, birds are singing. I know you heard that. But I taught, this dawned on me as we were having a conversation. I said, you know what? I said, no. I said, my flesh says don't ever put your hand out again. My flesh says don't ever say hello to them again. You know? Let them drop dead. <laughs> it felt so good to say it, but it probably wasn't right. But I told her, I said, you know what? I said to not shake their hand, to not say hello to them again, even if they never spoke to you again. is to become who they are. It's pride. I'm like, I don't want, to, I don't want that to get me this morning. Oh God, I don't want pride. I never want to think I'm anything. The Bible says, if a man think of himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. I'm going to tell you this morning, we're nothing without God. The supplication, prayer, oh, we need prayer. I'm going to tell you, brother Blue's gone to heaven now. I will tell you, it's left a whole A great man of prayer. Seeking God's face. When's the last time we've just sought His face? I mean, that speaks of a hunger, a hunger for God, a dissatisfaction with this world and satisfied to find His. His presence. Are you hungry? I ask you this morning, are you really hungry for God? Do you, are you remember when you first got saved, how you wanted to grow, you wanted to go, you wanted to live for God, you were thirsty for God, you wanted more of God, all of God you could get, you, you'd read the Bible, you'd pray, you'd do everything, everything was a blessing to be a part, are you that hungry? This. not it amazing how people just start taking a back seat over time? Quit singing in the choir. I used to sing in the choir. Then they quit. I, I don't care why you quit unless you can't walk up the steps. I don't care why you quit, you should never, you ought to read you ought to sign back up today. Why well, I like to listen. Well, we like for you to sing. I'm talking about, don't quit. Don't ever quit anything. As long as you can keep doing it, keep doing it. Is that right? That's the way that older generation believes. As long as you can do it, keep doing it. Because if you sat down, you may lay down and you may go down. Amen. As long as you can put one foot in front of the other, you ought to keep on. That's something this generation doesn't know about. Amen? They don't know anything about You ought to keep on keeping on. As long as you got a voice, you ought to sing. Don't ever complain about singing. If you got a voice, God may take it away from you and you may not be able to talk above a whisper, amen? I mean, sing, amen? Every bird sings but a buzzard. And so, you ought to sing, friend, if God's give you a voice. Don't ever quit going to Sunday school. As long as you can go to Sunday school, some people can't physically, I'm not talking of that crowd, I'm talking about to the crowd that's lazy, I'm talking about to a generation that'll do something for a little while and when the new wears off, they stop hey, let me tell you something about spiritual people they're consistent, they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again without ever being entertained, I'm talking about this morning, They ought, we ought to seek his face then turn turn from our wicked ways. We, we got to turn from sin. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. Brother, I'm telling you to, and I'm not going to take labor this point long, but I want to say for a few things about it here for just a moment. I'm telling you, our churches are so dirty. Brother, this morning, if we want to have revival in our country. Then we got to clean up the church. Amen. It starts in the pulpit with the pastor. He's got to clean up his life. He's got to constantly do inventory of his own life. And I'll be the first to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit deals with things in my life all the time. And, and listen, I'll get something out and then he'll deal with something else. So, or maybe there's an area that's not as committed. And he'll say, I need you to commit more to that. I need you to spend more time doing this. That don't need to be there. Get that out. Get this out of your life. Hey, don't don't go to some church where the preacher pats you on the head every every Sunday, takes your offering, and tells you you're a good person. Amen. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Y'all still with me. Amen. I'm not done preaching. Just hang in there a little bit longer. I'm telling you, friend, if we're going to have revival, you can't have revival without repentance because you can't be holy without repentance. We like the glory, don't we? We like the singing. We like the shouting. We like the praise. That don't come when you got sin in the camp. And you'll never know what could be here this morning. Somebody here this morning got sin in your life. Oh, you better deal with it. Because it'll deal with you. It don't have to be ugly sin. All sin's ugly sin. It hey, might be somebody here, a member of this church, drinking. You ought to get right with God about that. Amen. God in for social drinking. There might be somebody here this morning, a member of this church, and you gamble. You go, you go off somewheres where, you know, to one of these little stores out in the middle of nowhere and buy you some lottery tickets. What are you going to do if you win that thing? They're going to take your picture and put it everywhere. And we're all going to, that's probably worth a million bucks to you, but you're going to sell your testimony out for a lottery ticket. I don't care if you won 17, but we're all gonna see it. It's gonna be all over everywhere. We're gonna know you've been playing the lottery for the last two years, creeping around somewhere in these convenience stores, wasting your money. Hey, listen, you know why gambling's wrong? Because gambling is sin because it means in order for you to win, somebody else has to lose, amen? That's not what Christian living is about. It's not about taking from somebody else to get gain, amen? It's not a good steward over God's money. Now, don't get mad and say, well, I'll go to some other church where the preacher don't never preach, or preach on gambling. No, get right with God because one day we're gonna stand before God and if you're saved, you're gonna give an account of what you did with your wealth and where you invested it and where you spent it, amen. How would you like to stand in a judgment seat and God say, what'd you do with $300,000 over a lifetime? I'm just talking about a portion of what you made. And God said, what'd you do with that $300,000? Well, Lord, I spent it at convenience stores trying to win the big one. Well, you dummy, if you'd have kept it, you'd have had (laughs) $300,000. You know why I'm preaching on that? Because church people do it. Amen. They think playing, they they justify gambling. Don't help our school system. You go go run the statistics on it. Brother, it's black and white this morning. Every time they bring gambling and every time they bring booze into in a, 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 a county does it, it's no longer dry anymore. Guess what? The educational system don't get better. It gets worse. Isn't that right? Preachers used to preach against liquor and alcohol and all kinds of stuff past 12 o'clock like this morning and everybody said amen. Don't worry. We got you a hot dog. Amen after service. Hang tight a few more minutes. I'm talking about turning from our seat Amen. Turning from our sin, I'm talking about getting right with God. I'm talking about not the world. I'm talking about the church, Amen. I'm talking about this morning. If we got some liquor head here this morning, it's a member. You ought to get right with God. If we got somebody gambling this morning, you ought to get right with God. Don't think it's an accident that on Patriotic Sunday the preacher is preaching on that. God is trying to get somebody's attention, Amen. This morning. What about the nakedness in our churches? The sins of summertime, but now it's any time, ain't it? Brother, I'm telling you, people, they don't like it when you you start preaching about putting clothes on. I mean, they get fire-breathing mad. Do you realize this morning we could have doubled this crowd if we'd have quit mentioning that? If it was come as you are, do as you please, leave as you were we wouldn't have anything and I don't want to go to church and see thighs and shoulders and everything I'm not talking about lost people I'm talking about church people this morning, preacher why would you say those things because decency modesty it's important I'm not criticizing the church down the road but I'm telling you friend this is right this is the way it used to be everywhere we went the Bible said, come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing and I'll be a father in you and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Don't you love America? Don't you, don't you love the day when, when even lost people had convictions about those things? I can remember a school teacher being in a dress and I'm not that old. I can remember every morning saying the Pledge of Allegiance all the way through school knew the Pledge of Allegiance. Every every American knew the Pledge of Allegiance. And I was in a school one day sitting there and the instructor, this was just a few years ago, and and with another preacher and he, he asked how many people, young people of about 35 young people sitting in that class, how many people knew the Pledge of Allegiance? I expected every hand to be raised. Two hands out of 30 something young people raised their hands and out of the two, one of them said, I can't quote it, but I've heard it that terrible? You know why that is? Because we've got a bunch of liberals today. They don't want you to be patriotic. That's why they want to get rid of the flag. That's why they want to tear down the monuments. That's why they, you know why? But I'm going to tell you something. They're not our problem this morning. They're not. Honestly, honestly, this is what is on my heart. If we got half as stirred up, about ourselves and the church well if we got half as disgusted with how the church world is as we do with what they're doing in Washington or California or New York we would have revival amen complaining about it won't do anything but praying will living right will I tell you we need a revival of holiness don't we we need a revival of people coming out from the world and coming closer to God, getting getting in an altar and saying, Lord, this is what people used to say all the time. Lord, put your finger on anything in my life that don't need to be there. Lord, help me. Give me the grace to cut out those things that would grieve or hinder you. Now, if I said anything today that would offend you, before you get mad and say, well, I'm never coming back. You ought to stop and think about it. Be easy to get up here and just preach a little feel-good sermon and go home, but that don't help nobody. You ought to stop and think. I remember the first time I went to church and a preacher busted something in my life. I mean, after I got saved, he busted something in my life. Well, something kind of rose up in me a little bit. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, you know, all he's trying to do is help you. He's not trying to be mean to you. He's just trying to help you. He cares. He cares. I want to tell you this morning, I care for this country, don't you? I know you do. I care for our church. I care for every sinner that's here this morning. The contemporary crowd don't care. They don't care this morning. How about it this morning? Well, oh, we need revival. You want to make America great again? I'll tell you how to make America great. Get closer to God. Get closer to God. As we stand this morning, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed.